0: Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the world's first Borwella Fan Podcast. And let's get straight into it. This is our most ambitious week yet. Seven podcasts in seven days, a celebration of the Star Council, each episode with a different honorary counsellor. And I'm so pleased to be sharing this one with you. My guest is Jay Ella Ruth. Or if you're checking your sleeve notes or the VHS of the Far East, Far Out, Council Meeting Japan concert film, Jay Williamson, as she was known back then. This is a proper exclusive. Not only did she do brilliant work with the Star Council in 1984, live and on record, but she also sang lead vocals with Brand New Heavies, worked with Michael McDonald, Whitney Houston, Cece Peniston, Gladys Knight, Jermaine Stewart, and so many more. And she's back part of the band from the Star Council with our previous guest Anthony Harty. I love saying this, this is feels like a proper radio show. This is a proper exclusive. So get comfy and let's get into it. JL Ella Ruth, Hey, thanks for joining me. Oh, my pleasure. I'm so excited. I'm like a small child. I'm so excited about this one because <laughs> you've never spoken to anybody ever about any of this stuff, have you?
1: Nope. <laughs> no, not at all. I've been asked, but you know, I just, at the time I, I just didn't feel I had anything to say, which is silly really, but then that's, That says an awful lot about me as a younger woman. I was very, very shy girl. I come from um, a proper little working class council estate family. I wanted to sing. I used to sit on the set. I I went to an all-white school in Heston. And at the time, people were like, Heston? Heston? Never heard of that. Because, you know, where's Heston? And uh, I used to sit on the step because I I didn't make a lot of friends at my school because, you know, we go to school in the 70s. Racism was just open. It was, you know, there was no PC. It was just, uh, you know, even the teachers called me names. I used to sit on the step and sing. So I was quite a sad little girl, sad little, sad-faced little girl. (laughs) You know, all of the world's troubles were on my shoulder. And I got that way when I lost my sister, who was two years older than me, just when I started high school. So the little J that Paul met was this little sad, shy thing. But when she sung, I was in my bubble, my happy bubble.
0: What a bloody voice it is, I have to say.
1: Oh, just get out of here. Honest to God. (laughs) I mean,
0: we're going to get into this, but wow.
1: Uh, So some of the songs I sung sitting on that step at Heston School was, uh, you know, jam songs. Jam and Elvis Costello, I mean, we grew up listening to everything, 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 you know, ska, blue beat, jazz, this, that, everything. And, you know, and all the pop stuff that was in the pop, Top of the Pops. Top of the Pops was like our holy grail every Thursday night or whenever it came on, I can't remember. I was into the jam and I was into Elvis Costello. So we moved to Chiswick. Only turned turned out I live. I moved into a house round the corner from Elvis Costello, round the corner. <laughs> and then, you know, a couple of years later, I'm auditioning for Weller. My point is you speak your existence into being. You do. Mm, love
0: you it. You think
1: it, you talk it, it happens. I'm telling you. I've, just, I've gone through a weird, weird time recently where I lost touch of doing that, you know, because my mum was ill and she passed away and all the rest. Yeah, I'm just remembering. It's, it's weird doing this interview and thinking about that time and the whole time of my singing career. Before I sort of left the industry for quite
0: quite some time,
1: yeah, you just you just think things into being. You speak that you just write your
0: life. You write it. The conversation that we're going to have about your time with the Style Council, so is I mean, it's nearly forty years ago.
1: 37. seven. Wow. 37 yeah. Seven years. Look at
0: that. So I'm not expecting you to remember everything with pinpoint accuracy, because quite frankly, um, who would? Can you remember what songs it was, what jam songs it was you were singing on that on that oh, step? I
1: used, to, I used to love. Oh, that's entertainment. Funeral Pyre, just, you know, any of his songs that were in the charts, we just sing them. And if we didn't know all the words, we'd just make them up. And it's so weird because I just got my tour bag. I just took it down. It's been in the loft. But I took it down when I joined the From the Star Council so that I could um, show Anthony. And this, <laughs> this is my little yellow book with all oh, my wow. notes from 1983 and 1984. And this is, when, when I got the tape for Paris Match, this is me writing the lyrics down to the Paris Match, and they're all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this. This is so cool. Look, empty hours. We're coming at a stream. We're coming a stream. What? <laughs> Look, in daytime showers is and then there's a gap because I didn't know what he said. As I walk from cafe to bar, I wish I knew where you were. Are uh, because you kind of i have got that bit right. Empty skies. They try to forget. They turn blank to have no regret. <laughs> I did that as I crossed the blue by floor question mark
0: <laughs> uh, Brilliant Who is that? Was that the book you were using during your time with the Star Council to sing the songs?
1: Well no I got all right. of, No I did get a proper little sort of booklet and I still got my itinerary for the Europe tour and the Japan tour I lost a lot of stuff because I it was in my mum's loft and she had a f- little flood up there right. so I lost all my old school stuff a lot of my old Style Council memorabilia. And my T-shirt was nicked
0: from an old flatmate, but I do have my sweatshirt. I think this is pre-White Levi Jeans period of Style Council, wasn't it? So. It's
1: pre-White <laughs> Levi Jeans. No, I spotted a really, really hot tonic suit. Neat. It was just, you know, and I was tiny. I was this little string of a girl. That tonic suit must have been like a size of nothing. And I bought it in Shepherd's Bush Market and I thought I was the bee's knees in that
0: suit. <laughs> oh, bless you. <laughs> when did you first interact with Paul? So obviously you're singing this song. When, when was it you first got contacts with Paul? Was, am I right in thinking you were working in the post office at the time?
1: I was working in the post office straight from school. My mum got me that job and it was... Horrific because I hate maths. I'm, I'm, I'm a discalculator. I can't. If you tell me a series of numbers, I'll, re, I'll tell you them back in the wrong order. So it was torture for me. But I did that for three years, worked in three different post offices over the three years. The last one was Hammersmith Post Office. And um the Black Theatre Cooperative did their workshops around the corner, Riverside Studios. And this girl used to come in to cashier dole. And she'd talk about the Black Theatre Cooperative. And she said, Oh, you should come. And I'm like, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. I oh, will. And at the same time, I was kind of like, Sort of venturing out a little bit I've made my way This little Heston girl To Hackney And joined a lovers rock band (laughs) Called La Famille Which Karen Wheeler and Claudia Fontaine were in And when they left I replaced them And the reason why I joined La Famille Is because I heard a demo With um Karen Wheeler's son, And I was determined To be in the same band as her So <laughs> and She don't know this But I, unfortunately I didn't get to sing with her Because she left So I joined And, and so I was doing a little Little things You know I met this guy Do you remember There was a magazine Called Loot
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There was an advert for this guy who wanted a singer to songwrite with. So I answered the ad and I ended up doing songwriting with this guy called Ronnie Registe who passed away. And our lyrics are in this little yellow book <laughs> with the little demos we did and my little, my little four track. So I was, I was, you know, mucking about with singing at home and, you know, with writing with this guy, Ronnie it was just this guy that lived in Listen Grove, and it's sort of like kind of getting about town a little bit. So one day when I was really bored after work one day, I just walked around to, to Riverside Studios, and I just joined in. in this. I'd never seen anything like it, because for a the start, there's lots of black people, and I didn't really, you know, I didn't grow up around black people. I just found it amazing and fascinating, and people like Victor and Mary Evans, and Malcolm Frederick. And it was run by Charlie Hansen. And he's the director who did all the, the Ricky Gervais movies and stuff. <laughs> he spotted me and asked me if I'd like to audition for a play, a Sam Shepard play called Tooth The Crime. So I said, yeah, all right then. Not thinking much of it. And so uh, he said, okay, be at Channel 4 Studios on Monday at 3. And I'm like, Channel 4 Studios? What? Because <laughs> that's, that's where his office was. So I, I was like... Shaking like a leaf And I asked Victor What should I do? I've been asked to audition What's I do? I don't know what to do You know So say, said Oh Jay Just make the words on the page Come alive That's what I did I did an American accent And I put some life into it And read for him And I got the part in this play This is a long But a short story Bear with me So um I've not spoke about this before So it's, it's all coming out <laughs> So, <laughs> 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 so so we're rehearsing for this play in a disused old church in Archway, and you know, it's freezing cold and, and dark in there and sort of eerie. So um every time the, the guys were rehearsing their pieces in the play, I sort of go to the loo and sing because it had the most amazing acoustics. So I'm singing Minnie Ripperton and stuff like that in the loo. So Charlie Hanson put a song in there, in this um play for me because it was a play with music. It was a sort of like a little rock opera thing. So I sung this little song in The of the Crime and Yvonne French, who was a presenter of a TV show called Switch. She had association with the Black Theatre Company, like she knew people, and she came to see the play when when the play came out. She walked up to me afterwards and said, "You know, I'm really good friends with DC Lee, and she's she's in this bank called the Star Council, and she's leaving." And Paul's looking for a singer. Do you want to audition? And I said, okay. What do I have to do? She said, just give me a tape. And I said, no, I haven't got a tape. <laughs> she said, well, she said will make one. And I'll uh, this is my number and we uh, up numbers and that. So um, she called me like every day. Where's the tape? And I'm like, I've done it. <laughs> she said, give me a tape. Give me a, Give me the bloody tape. So she gave me a deadline. So one of the guys in the who played the music in this play I did. Um, Nat Augustine, he was in a group called Light, Light of the World. He came round my house and we recorded on my full track, Girl Talk which is a, l- a little jazz number Lonely Like Me, which is a band number Yvonne came round, I handed her the cassette and off she went So Paul calls my house a few days later. This is to my memory and um, my mum answered and he said oh, uh, speak to Jay please, it's Paul Weller <laughs> and <laughs> 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 now I know who Paul Weller is I mean, I've, I've read in series where um, Dee said, well, I hadn't really heard of The Jam, and I'm like, what? How can you never have heard of The Jam? They were freaking massive Anyway, this girl knew who The Jam was And this girl knew who Paul Weller was I, mean, I loved The Jam Loved, loved, love, loved The Jam So, um, but I was so sort of Busy with this little like, acting world I hadn't really taken much notice of who or what The Star Council were, so anyway I, I knew who Paul Weller was, so When the phone rang, I thought it was one of the guys from the band taking the mickey out of me because they knew that I'd given a tape to Paul Weller. So I picked up the phone and he's like, all right, Jay, it's Paul Wellen. I'm like, yeah, good one, guys. Good one. <laughs> Whatever. You know, I was being a little bit cocky and they're like, he's like, no, no, it's Paul Wellen. And I'm like, I think, I think I might have sworn at him, but my memory's hazy. You know, I think I might have said, oh, F off or something, you know, but I can't remember. And then he's like, really? He's like, well, you know, give us your address. I'm going to send a bike round with a cassette for, for, for you to learn some songs and audition. I said, oh, yeah, sure. Bike was round in an hour from Solid Bond Studios, and they handed me this package with a cassette in it and some lyrics. I was shaking because I genuinely thought it was one of the guys. <laughs> So I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, Mum, what am I going to do? He's not going to want me. <laughs> so I've, just him, these... I've just told him to F off. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't think, I don't wonder if he remembers this, because <laughs> I remember it because of out of sheer embarrassment. <laughs> anyway, but I never mentioned it, you know. I never. So um, I learned these songs. Another thing that is in my tour bag is my 1984 diary.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, this. wow.
1: Girl, Girl About Town. <laughs>
0: We need to do weekly episodes where you read one month in each episode. That must be fascinating. What year is that?
1: 84.
0: So this is 84. So this is the year of you and the Star Council. Wow. 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 Wow.
1: So I was just reading it before we logged on. Like the day that he called the day that I looked January the 23rd pick up tape. Paul Weller. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, <laughs> you know when when we finish this, I'm going to sit and read this because it's yeah, going to be like
0: that's amazing. Wow, incredible! Amazing.
1: It's oh, I'm sorry, I'm I'm freaked out. Anyway, so um, I learned these. two. I know that um, money go around was one of them, and I remember being really nervous because I didn't know how to control my voice. Really, I didn't have a trained voice. So, um, and and when I panicked, I sort of like pushed the notes out in a sort of shouty way.
0: And how old are you at this point? So well, what you said honey, like 17, 18?
1: I would like to say 17, 18, <laughs> but last month I was 60.
0: No, get out of here. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is a podcast. So, People can't see what I mean, but no way.
1: <laughs> yeah. That means I was 23. But I never told anyone my age because I paid half. I'm still paying half for the buses. <laughs> <laughs> in fact i i still paid half of the i paid half for the buses till i was 25 and on my 25th birthday i thought you know i better stop in case someone's <laughs> there, you know um but when when my two children my son turned 25 last friday and um up until recently they say how old are you mom and i said 28 for years and years and years and i've had to admit i'm 16
0: <laughs> wow <laughs> so i
1: had a 60th birthday in lockdown and it's bloody awful <laughs> so anyway i auditioned for them i remember shaking so badly i walked into this big post studio in marble arch solid bond studio paul greeted me he said i'll oh, come in come on through come on through. it's really nice and i'm like shaking 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 you know have my little lyrics with me and then there was this huge room with a grand piano mix it in there paul said all right all right we, we do the first number and they just started playing it, and Paul's just standing there watching me. And so I, <clears throat> I, I sung, you know, this this tune, and they go, well, great, yeah, now let's do money go round. And I was like, oh my god, I'm beating myself because I'm thinking this is the one that I really don't like singing because it's really high and I don't know how to sing it properly. And I sung it anyway, and he said, yeah, yeah, all right, great, yeah, i go going up a way with my dad. I'm like, okay. And I can't remember if I was told on the spot or if I was told a few days later, because I thought I was told on the spot. But in my diary, there's a date where it says, guess who's the new Star Council backing singer? Uh, hey. <laughs> Hold on a minute. I'll have to find it again. Let me see. on. Here, January the 30th, Monday, January the 30th, 1984. Guess who is Paul Weller's new vocal backist? Vocal back is I, can't, I don't even know the real words. I was like, <laughs> I was like green around the gills. Look, um, me in big letters, and then and oh, then it's got wow. Solid Bond audition. So it must have been January thirtieth that I actually auditioned, and then I was
0: told right away. And you're straight into it because those first dates of March. The first live date is is March 1984 so you've got like a month to to, to get into I the...
1: know and and I was doing that Augustine was doing some he was supporting Millie Jackson on tour and I was doing his vocals so I I remember on the first day of audition I I wrote in my diary oh my God, I have to tell Paul about tomorrow. And I think tomorrow was that I had a gig that Augustine and Millie Jackson, but he was fine about
0: it. So you get the gig with the Style Council and this is, you as you mentioned with DC Lee, so she's signed to CBS, so she's not on this tour and you're employed for the World Tour, which kicks off with a live on radio, live on BBC TV gig in Chippenham. Is that your, was that your first live performance? That
1: was my first and we were still rehearsing. He just sprung that on us and I'm like, what? We haven't, I haven't learned all the songs yet and I don't know what to wear. No one, <laughs> no one, told me what to wear. And it's like, you know, Dee was kind of like really sophisticated. And in my opinion, I always thought, this is my impression of Dee. I thought she was sophisticated, knew how to do her makeup. She knew about the industry. I knew nothing, nothing of the industry, nothing at all. Nothing, didn't know anything about people, really. I just was this little girl like, oh, wait. You know, so um, I was in my mum's tights. I was in, I was in these heels, I could barely stand in, let them walk. <laughs> and then I, and then I bought, and that skirt was what I used to wear when I was in the post office. It was that awful skirt. And I only wore it because it was black and white check. And then a red shirt that like, it's just like, I used to wear church or something. And I'm like, oh God, I just felt so untrendy and so out of my depth. But, you know, I want to say this, and I've been thinking about this recently, Paul saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And for that, I just love that guy. I love him. I've not seen him in... I've not seen him since 1984. Really? Wow. I've never, yeah, I've not, never bumped into him. You know, I've been in this band and that and worked with loads of different people, but I don't, I don't think we ever bumped into each other again.
0: And it was such an intense period because you, like I say, you are banging into that UK tour straight into Europe, and you're playing Lyon, Paris, Germany, Netherlands. And this is right around the time of that first album. So Café Blur comes out when you're on that European tour as well. Um, And big crowds. You know, people are are really wanting to be a part of this and, and, and see this. Was that the first time you'd properly gone on the road, I'm guessing, as well? then. Yeah
1: first time for everything it's the strangest thing I was with them for six months I I didn't know in what capacity I didn't know I was a temporary replacement because there was no real dialogue so I thought I was in the band so when I wasn't all of a sudden in the band I was a little bit heartbroken but you know it didn't take long for me to understand why I was not in the band anymore I kind of I love when people are in love I'm one of those sort of soppy sorts so and I could see you know I could see the journey to each other from a distance Right. So, so it made sense to me, you know.
0: What do you remember about those those European tours? And then, and then there was like a short uh, world tour. You mentioned Japan, USA. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I think we did. Was it one or two in California, and then one or two at, at the Savoy?
0: Yeah, Savoy Theatre in New York, wasn't it? And Beverly Hills, yeah. uh, the Wilshire Theatre in Beverly Hills. It.
1: Yeah, it was amazing, and and Japan was amazing. You know, just really happy memories because Anthony mentioned that I think he remembers Paul saying that the star council was just so much fun. And it was like a YTS scheme because we were all so young. And you know, the guys didn't know how old I was. They, they kind of assumed I was about 16. So I looked like a four year old at the time, <laughs> this little skinny girl who didn't talk much, so, you know, like, and it's weird. I was, I was talking to my brother about this a couple of days ago when everyone else went to the bar. I often went to my room because I was just like,
0: Oh, bless you.
1: Not very really good with a social thing, you know, and I get a little bit embarrassed and I like, didn't know what to drink or order because I, I didn't do any of that. So, you know, I'd sit there with a glass like all night. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> and then I wasn't good with the banter because it's lots of guys. And, and I didn't talk to Paul much because I was every time I was sort of around him, I was so tongue-tied and knock-kneed. Nothing came out.
0: You mentioned this, this tri girl comes alive on stage, comes alive singing these songs. How did you feel in front of these big crowds? And particularly, like Japan was massive, wasn't it?
1: I think I got more and more confident. I do remember John Weller not like wanting me to sing it any different to D at all. So we had this ongoing little feud, bless him. He used to come and say, here, Jay, Jay, here. He's, he's like, I want you to sing it like D. I I said, but I'm not D. He said, John, look at me. I, could, I was cocky with John. Funnily
0: enough, but not, <laughs>
1: but not with a not, not with,
0: not with boss.
1: No, <laughs> I, I used to stand on stage and I used to just concentrate on. I've got to sing this right. I've got to sing this right. It's got to be in tune because I, I thought in my little brain that like, if I sung one one note wrong, Paul would sack me, and I don't know where where this came from. But I was just. I think it was because. To me, he, he seemed to be a bit of a perfectionist. If something wasn't right, I think I saw him early on in rehearsal get a bit moody, and I get like that, well, well moody. So I kind of recognised that, and I thought, right, I've got to get everything right because I don't want him to ever, like, you know. And I remember singing one bum note one night at a gig, and he was playing his guitar, and I remember he shot a look at me, oh. <laughs> shot a look back, you know, and carried on singing. And I remember my, I, my knees just, I remember thinking, Like, I was going to faint because I thought, that's it. He's going to sack me. Oh, my God. Just, you know, it was that important to me. It was that intense. Yeah. But Japan was by the time I got to Japan, I was, I was a well-confident little thing. I was, you know, I'd change half-time into like shorts and, and, the, and Japan was where there was that little riot.
0: Yeah, somebody mentioned this the other day. I didn't know anything about this. What was this?
1: This is the strangest thing. I don't like Facebook but much, but I am, I'm on it at the moment. And, a Japan, and since I joined Anthony's band, a Japanese fan messaged me through Facebook and talked about the famous riot. That uh, I caused, apparently. <laughs> did you why? All it was was, you know, we did I, I don't know if it was a soccer, I think it was, I can't remember. There were there was these like Japanese audiences who just sit in their chair and clap and, and behave. And there's all these sort of like military guys around, and um, you know, we're these little cocky kids, and like, oh, look at all this authority. Oh, why can't they have fun like we are? So in the encore. I grabbed Helen's hand and we ran and jumped into the pit. <laughs> and we're dancing with the people and they and they surged forward. And then they were like, you know, shaking my hand and done more. And I'm like, arigato, arigato. And it was just like a happy thing. And I didn't think much of it. And then I remember hearing some noise, more people surging forward. And then I remember looking up and people jumping from the balcony. And then I remember having to sort of leg it. Apparently, they like, tore the place up, beat these poor kids, you know. I think the promoter was put in jail or something like that.
0: Oh, wow. me.
1: And I remember... <laughs>
0: Just because you wanted to have some fun.
1: Well, on behalf of the band, it wasn't just a little surface J thing. I thought it was a, in the spirit of the Star Council. Let's just really party, and I, you know, I think one of the uncle on- tracks was "One Nation Under a Groove." I mean, mm. How cool is that? You know, I'm in a band with Paul Weller from the Jam. You know, my sister who who passed away, she was a mod, proper, proper. Died in the war I and mean, she was f- almost 14 when she died. She had the crombie, boots, button down shirt. Had, she had, we grew up in our bedroom, she'd be singing like small faces songs. That's what we'd be singing. So, um, this is Paul Weller now. When we're doing the Funkadelic track um, <laughs> in, in the encore, and it was just so I used to get so lost in the joy of it that I, I kind of lost myself a little bit and just created a bit of a riot. So, you know, the band were like, oh, Jay. You're in trouble. <laughs> I was so scared. I can't tell you. I can I can actually remember the tingling fear. <laughs> God. I can remember being so scared. And I thought, you know, I think I've, I've got a picture. I've got some really great pictures, but I've got a picture of John Weller leaning on the side of the stage with his face, fist clint going, ross, ross. I'm like, oh my God, something like that. It was in my mum's album for years. My, there's a postcard that I wrote to my mum from Japan. I gave the, the guys my postcard to post and Paul had written on the bottom of this postcard hello to
0: Jay's mumsy love Paul <laughs> brilliant that's sweet <laughs> that's lovely isn't it they didn't show the riot on the video I have to say so this was no,
1: they didn't <laughs> the,
0: the great thing about this was there's not much of the Style Council live that was captured on film Um and I think the Chippenham thing was one because it was broadcast at the time although not the whole gig Um there's another one which was Wembley and then this which came out on, and I remember getting this I specifically remember getting this on VHS it was a council meeting in japan it was labeled yeah. as far east far out yeah. um and it was bloody brilliant and i must have burnt through that because that, that vhs this is tape for younger listeners you won't understand what we're talking about but it was brilliant the set list was great you looked yeah. sharp all of you you sounded great um yeah so- oh well,
1: look at this have a look hang on just get my vhs <laughs> brilliant that's <laughs> the one. exactly it but it's it
0: was it on laser disc as well, wasn't it? I think.
1: I don't know. I just remember getting my old video back in the day when videos cost about 30 quid.
0: Yeah. I, I was
1: given mine, of course.
0: There was two tracks particularly that I wanted to talk about. One was Big Boss Groove. Paul's on Harmonica on that one.
1: I know, I know. <laughs> um, and I know the video for that
0: yes with Dennis Monday dancing I miss, I forgot to mention it to Dennis when I chatted with him the other week damn it and I know you were you you did backing vocals on the single of Big Boss Groove which is why I mentioned yeah, I it is that right yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other one yes. was this this acapella with the two of you or kind of acapella but the two of you it just came to pieces in my hands yeah. which I must have played that if like a hundreds of times over and over and over because I loved that the two of you together yeah. was just brilliant it was it was great tell me about those those songs if you would mark just came
1: to pieces is just part of Paul's set list, I did did he not carry on doing it with D? Yeah. I think that's one of the ones that stayed because it was just a lovely little interview of calm and, and nice little vocal harmonies.
0: So um, the two the two of you worked really well together on that track. It was lovely, I have to oh, say. Thank you. Yeah. I
1: thought we worked well together, actually. I did I genuinely thought we worked well together. I've I've got this strange memory that just that I thought of recently as well. I think it's because, you know, since you got in touch, I've I've thought of you know my time in, in in the band, and you know I said I didn't talk to Paul much. I remember because I was just so shy and so in awe of him, and he didn't know this because I didn't I didn't tell him actually I'm in awe of you because those words couldn't I just couldn't get to yeah. those words. But I remember being on a tour bus, so I'm assuming it's somewhere like Europe or somewhere, and it was and I was sitting looking out the window as I did looking out the window, and all of a sudden Paul just pumped himself beside me, and I remember looking at him, and then uh, I'm like, oh my god. Like this <laughs> and I'm looking out the window, like, Shall I? What shall I say? What shall I talk about? Oh my god, you know, that type of thing. And then Paul nudged me and he said, Yeah, hey, Jay, do you think you'll ever get married? And I looked at him and I uh, I thought, Well, mm, and I said, uh, I don't know, I've never thought of it. I don't, I don't know, maybe. And I looked back out the window
0: again.
1: <laughs> and then he nudged me again and he goes, he's Jay, Jay, do you think you never have any kids? And, and I, I remember looking at him. I think that was, that was what my bravest, you know, like looked right at him. And I, and I thought, uh, I said, no, I don't know. Or I, like, maybe, I don't know. I never thought of that either. <laughs> and, then it, and then I think there was a bit of some more silence and I think he just walked off. He probably, he probably thought, Bloody oh, she's hard
0: to talk to. You. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> great voice, but Bloomin' hell, right. she's hard to have a chat with, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> she doesn't even want to have a drink with me. What's going on? Oh, terrible. <laughs> There's two things, and I, mean, I was going to grab it, so I can't wait to I did with it. I was going yeah, to, yeah, hold on, two sets. Uh, so this, this is not the, this is podcast, it's made any difference if I've got it in my hand or not. I could have, I could have faked oh it, but um, the great thing about this is not only are you captured on VHS, but you're captured on album as well. So this is, do you know this one? This is this is the Star Council in concert Dennis Monday put this together in 1998 and the first half captures those council meetings from 1984 uh, but the first half of the album is is you performing Meeting Over Up Yonder Up For Grabs Long Hot Summer One Nation Under A Groove that you mentioned Le Parte, Spring Summer Autumn and then the second half is from later with D. but you're on CD as well which is amazing I
1: didn't know that
0: this nine months that you mentioned is kind of captured forever in for, for those of us that are fans to be able to dip into and sample and see and hear, and which is lovely, I have to say.
1: I didn't know that and I wouldn't mind a copy. <laughs> so, <from laughs> I'll, see,
0: somebody. I'll see what I can do and figure out. out. At the very least, you can have mine. Now, post-style cancel, there's another big thing that I want to talk to you about. Brand New Heavies, one of the most um. successful acid jazz UK funk groups of all time and that first album that goes silver and the one that, let's be honest, we all love. Lead vocalist.
1: Jay Ella Brian Bradley
0: How good was that?
1: How good was that? Do you know, I I, I met this um, guy called Richard Mazda, um, and we went in the studio and did um, a single called Y, just the letter Y, which I wrote, and he was working with the JBs. The JBs. This is James Brown's Fred Wesley.
0: Yeah. Pee Wee Ellis and all that. that.
1: You know? So on my single Y had Fred Wesley, do a
0: solo on it. And so he's mainly trombone, right?
1: Yeah, iconic. Uh,
0: like the 60s but and 70s, but then also you mentioned um, Parliament Funkadelic and, and the second half of the 70s, he was playing with them. Yeah?
1: Exactly. So my single had Steve Williamson and Fred Wesley doing two solos. I mean, bloody hell, right? <laughs> so anyway, to reciprocate, I sung the title track on their album called I Like It Like That. And so I'm doing a gig with the JBs Brixton Academy, supporting De La So, And I think the guy from the Brand New Heavies saw me there. Because I remember at that gig, Carleen Anderson was there. If there's one group I wouldn't have mind being in, that it would have been the Young Disciples. Oh God, I look like such an amazing band. So anyway, I I, I don't know anything about the Prony I They weren't known, you know. We met up. I sung some of their demos. Next thing you know, one of their demos is released. So my ma- I had a manager. The only time I've ever had a manager, uh, she she went steaming in there. Can't release these demos. And you got to pay, and you got to pay, and so. Um, my time in the band here was still a bit frosty to my memory. We, we recorded these, these tracks properly. And then, you know, it's, it comes out as an album, single. And the video for Dream Come True, oh my God, it was beautiful. And I was in this Versace all-in-one jumpsuit thing and a little skinny frame me. And because I was a little bit of a tomboy, I didn't want to wear the heels they gave me, so I wore my Timberland boots. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and this cute little wig that they had, this top hairdresser come and cut this wig for my head shape. And Anyway, that video was squashed when they, I said, do you know what? Psychoanalyze so this. I was in a band like the Star Council, then I wasn't. And then I was in a band like the Boney Heavies, then I wasn't. It's not like anyone said, okay, bye, Jay. Thanks. Good to know you. We're just going to go and use this singer now. It was just like all of a sudden, this is what happened. The guys went to America. This is to my memory. And they said, well, you know, we're going to America to get a, rec- a, a record deal. This is when Dream Country was out. Everything was lovely. We were doing gig at Dingles every Friday night. Mm. So really sharpening up nicely. And I was really coming out myself slowly, like properly. Didn't quite get the band. I know that they were funky, but I did, you know, as for, I'd asked them, you know, what do you want me to look like? What well, They were not really responsive. So they flew to America and they signed with Delicious Vinyl and part of the deal was to take a singer that was signed to a Delicious Vinyl called Andrea. She re-recorded the vocals, This is all unbeknownst to me. And the cheek of it, used my backing vocals on two of the tracks.
0: Wow, why me?
1: Didn't even didn't wipe them off. Just used mine and didn't credit me, which I, th- I think is just wrong. So then you know, I was around my mum's house. I hadn't left home yet. I was still at home. The dream come true came on the radio. Mum turned it out. She said, "There you are." And it was someone else singing it. I was. I, I was it was such a shock that. That was such a shock for me at the time. I can't tell you yeah, how awful that was. I, I think I burst into tears because it was—I was so shocked. I, tr- I bumped into Jan, you know, years later, and I, was, you know, I, I tried to ask him why? why, why, why do you guys do that to me? But I don't think he really wanted to talk about it. <laughs> I think he was <laughs> a little bit, you know, like, mm, you know,
0: with the style council, you, you'd gone through a similar thing where your time. With the Style Council, like the ending of the Style Council for you yeah. is just, yeah. you're, you're just what, you lose touch, you don't hear anything, yeah, service yeah, is no I longer did. required? or
1: There you go. Well, you know, I went to Paul's birthday party, and that was lovely to go to that. There was supposed to have been a Red Wedge gig, I think, or something like that. And I was supposed to, like, I was assuming that I was doing this gig, and, but never got a phone call. Right. And then I hear that the gig had been done, and Dee was in it. So I didn't say anything to anybody i just thought you know i thought I a bit of like oh that's awful mm. could have called me or someone said bye but you know it's the industry you know you, you learn hard you learn but you know to to learn the same lesson twice for me was strange so i, I came out of the industry for a while um after a, after many years of working with dip, lots of different artists, because you know, I toured with
0: Curiosity or the Cat three times. You were like vocal arranger for one of the songs I absolutely love. Name and Number. Yes, Name and Number. Yeah, that's yeah. great. What, yeah. A good, what a great tune that is.
1: Yeah, that was a fun recording there. And it, and, and it was fun working with the, the guys, you know, when they were being mobbed and all the girls were screaming and that kind of thing. It was lovely.
0: You've worked with Michael McDonald, Whitney, CC Pennison, oh yeah. um, Errol Brown from Hot Chocolate, um, Gladys oh, so Knight. I mean, wow. She was amazing. Yeah.
1: And um, Errol Brown was one of the nicest people you'd ever meet in your life.
0: His vocal was, wow, blimey, you know. Um, and
1: Michael McDonald was one of the ni- That was the first TV session I ever got. Ashley Newton, who used to work for Island Records, he got me my first TV session. It was for Michael McDonald's. And what a decent, lovely Lovely guy, Michael McDonald
0: is. I'm also going to ask you a couple couple of final questions if you've got time. And one was around the Prince's Trust. This is 1988. Prince Charles is fortieth fortieth birthday. You produced a song, which is like a souvenir for this for the birthday celebrations. Yeah, no, you
1: know, it was the Prince's Trust. I got a call saying, "Can you do this demo?" You know, because I get booked for sessions just. I don't know how I used to get booked. I used to get work thrown at me half the yeah. time. So um, so I used to call myself Britain's best, Britain's top session singer. <laughs> so um, I did this. I just sang this demo, thought nothing of it. And then I got a call one day and they said, um, actually, this demo is for Prince Charles. It's for his 40th birthday. Would you like to perform it? Because I sung the demo, it was originally, I believe, for Sheila Ferguson. Because Sheila Ferguson was one of Prince Charles's favourite singers, right. as far as I knew. So I said, oh, okay. Like like I do. I, I It's funny, I just went through my career like, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, I'll work with that. Yeah, sure. And it's only now that I'm like, damn, bloody amazing.
0: Yeah, incredible. Incredible. Yeah. This all seems like none of this is... It's like a big deal. You're just kind of going, yeah, it's fine. It's just sailing through it. Whereas, actually, for anybody else, kind of working with Whitney Houston Michael McDonald, will be like,
1: oh my God. (laughs) I know, I know. It's weird. I went to Whitney Houston's 25th birthday party with um, Ben from Curiosity. And um, it's so weird. I used to go to the WAG on my own and dance. You know, sometimes going with people, I always felt like a bit of a duck out of water, like imposter syndrome, because I think I was just a very insecure girl pretending that I was a very um, sociable person. I wasn't. I was re- really used to feel out of my league, out of my depth in social. And that's just something that I'm dealing with as a big grown adult now. You see what I mean? So I remember standing next to this. I remember I was standing. I was looking down at my feet for some reason. And the person standing next to me had feet that were were turned out. When I stand, I'm slightly badly legged. My feet slightly turn in. And I remember standing for a while, looking at this person's feet turned out, look at mine turned in. And we had similar shoes on. And I'm like, oh. And I remember looking up and it's Whitney standing right next to me, just staring at me. And I'm like, (laughs) so I said, hi, happy birthday. thank (laughs) you. And we were the same height. We were the same build and we had the same kind of clothes on, shoes on. Like she had the you know cool dress that came to the knee, and I had a cool dress that came to me. knee. And once again, tongue ties, yeah. sweetie Houston. I could have had a conversation with her, poor girl, if I'd have known how bloody miserable and lonely she was too. There's so many opportunities where I could have had great mates in, you know, but I was so I was really insecure, man. Mm.
0: <laughs> Oh, it's tough though, isn't it? Because it's not for everyone. Weird. And No matter how talented people are, and, and you clearly are, it's not for everyone, is it? It's like so you have to be a kind of certain individual to be able to be resilient, be able to bounce through these things, and to, and just yeah. the social aspect of being a singer and being in a band or whatever. It's hard yeah. for people. It's not for everybody, is it? You know,
1: it is. If I was that type of person, I would still have Paul as a friend, and that's because oh my god, what a nice guy he is. My memory of him, what a lovely guy. Mm. That's all I remember. I just thought he was fantastic so when when anthony got in touch with me got in touch with me through facebook i rejoined because there was a tribute to larrington walker that i i was a part of and so i had to rejoin for that and anthony found me through facebook and messaged me like hello Jay, how the hell are you and we and we ended up talking and in that conversation he asked me to join from the star council i just lost my mum and i didn't even know when you lose your mum you you kind of lose your mind a bit i just Mm. didn't know where or who i was after i lost my mum i felt completely lost and I just sort of said, yeah, all right, yeah, that might be good for me to join a band. But it's so weird. In that first rehearsal, we, we, we rehearsed in this great studio in somewhere near Coventry, because Anthony lives in Coventry. So I traveled up there. And um it was freaky because it was like the first rehearsal with the Sound Council. And I and I was almost back in that place and I thought, I'm I'm having an out-of-body experience. It's weird. <laughs> Because the band is so damn good. All the guys in this from the Star Council, they just love the Star Council music. And I suppose I'm in it because, A, I love their music. I love the music. There's a few tracks that I absolutely adored after I left, you know, like from the Confessions album especially. I love that. Do you know what? When I listen to that, I was listening to that album just before we spoke. Every time I listen to it, I feel like I'm intruding on someone's love affair. That's what it feels like to me. I feel like I'm getting a little glimpse of someone's very, very personal love affair and it's kind of like oh thanks for inviting me
0: okay, <laughs> Now I, now I feel awkward yeah
1: I feel a bit awkward now like yeah. I did at his 25th birthday party I was in a a, a jacket and skirt that I'd made myself like I made my own clothes God, you know, on my mum's sewing machine. Oh, God, you know, the hand turned one, you know, the old, old grimey Um And it was turquoise, I do remember that. And I was feeling really geeky and awkward and, you know. And then Dee arrived and she was, like, freaking flawless. And I remember looking at her like, shit the bed look at this woman (laughs) you know I remember sort of like skulking back into that you know hiding like hiding somewhere because I thought you know I might go home um yeah so I it's social social thing for me back in the day it's a bit of a problem I wasn't very good at I'm not that way anymore god
0: obviously through COVID the gigs have been put on pause but I know that as soon as we can gig again from the Style Council, going to be back out on the road. And I've seen clips. I've not seen you live yet. It's all quite new, isn't it? But seeing it clips on YouTube and it, it looks great and sounds great. And you look like you're having fun, which is great. Are there any particular songs that you really love performing? Is, as soon as it's that one, I go, wow. Oh, it's the in the book. List. Oh, the set list. Go on, tell me that's, what's on the set list. That's our
1: set list. We open with Meeting Over Yonder, which is i cool. oh, just say it's so, it's just like it was. It really is.
0: That's a, that's a, and that's Curtis Mayfield's song, is that right? yeah yeah i didn't know that i don't know the original i, and I don't know why i've never oh, that I, out i knew but,
1: the original right. i knew the original when i when i joined paul's style council yeah not like the from the style council it is our style council It not it's his really <laughs> head starts happiness which i love it's cute and sweet man of great promise i never this is new because yeah. we didn't do man of great promise with me that was later which is lovely speak like a child solid bond I've never done before because that was also not on our set list. It was not a 1984 track, I don't think. Big Boss Groove, how cool is that? I remember going to Solid Bond Studios to hang out and then Paul's like, oh, Jay, Jay, come and sing on this. And then it was just like, you know, I think it was a verse that he sung, D-doubled, and then Mick would sing a verse and I doubled. I'm reading it and singing it. is, uh, is it And then... And then after, after it was all done, I remember he, he called me back in and he said, um, can you do the answers to get on up? So get up, get on up. Okay, fine. And then he gave me a track. He said, well, right, do anything you like, anything you <laughs> like. And I didn't know what to do. So I'm like, get on up. <laughs> just, you know, and I, and I think he just kind of kept it. And then we did this video where we were supposed to, I mean, break dancing was kind of new kind of new so we were in the video we we're just mucking around pretending to do break break dancing spinning around being daft and but i remember at the beginning of the video there's a scene where paul walks past me and d and we're like this <laughs> and then as Paul walks past We go <laughs> uh, 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 Brilliant. And I'm And, the, and the, the director said You know as he walks past Just go Kaw. Okay and, I, and I'm Me being the actor Well D just you know Walk past you know He slaps five to D He slaps five to me And as he walks past I did that Kaw. Like really Theatrically Like Like with the arm not <laughs> When I look back at it, I'm like, oh, my God, how embarrassing.
0: <laughs> it's not as embarrassing as Dennis Monday's Breakdancing, let's be fair. Uh, yeah, yeah that's,
1: that's, that's Which is pretty special. I think we were calling Dennis's efforts Breakwind Dancing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. This has been really lovely. Thank you so much for joining me. I have two final questions for you, Jay, if that's mm-hmm. all right. So number one is you're allowed one Paul Weller song for the rest of your life. It can be the Jam, the Style Council or Solo. Which one's it going to be? Oh.
1: Oh, God. (coughs) How can you... Oh, man.
0: Would you like to know the second question? (laughs) Well, you've got some thinking time. So the second question is, this podcast exists so that I can have a chat with Paul Weller. Ten years ago, I gave up my career in radio, never having got to interview the great man. If this happens, what should I talk to him about? What should I ask him?
1: (gasps) They're both hard questions. He's open in some respects, but he does, you know, he's a closed book in others, isn't he? So... I don't know what you get out of it.
0: <laughs> Let's hope a podcast, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> I was going to say, I'd love to work with him again, but that's just,
1: you know, put it out there. Because if I don't put it out to university, it ain't going to come back to me. I'd love to work with him again, sing on something of his. Because, wow, you know, as a grown woman, I'd
0: actually talk to him. <laughs> You could actually ask him questions now. Yeah, you're right. You know, <laughs> no, great. I'm going to nail you down to a song. Which song are you going to pick? It can be solo, it can be star We it can be back on the steps singing the jam.
1: <sighs> okay. Maybe, maybe it's a very deep sea.
0: Oh, nice.
1: Maybe, only because it's so haunting and such a beautiful point. Having said that, I, I got into a real, someone posted on this jam fan. Facebook page and they said Funeral pyre Is this the best Drum piece Ever done or not. And then you had all these proper welfare saying, so, you know, oh yeah, definitely. Oh no, fuck all it's this zone. Um, no, it's it you know how they get into these real sort of like boy fights over anything poor. And I'm like, oh please. So I wrote a little lovely eloquent piece, you know, because I was years as an English teacher, which we didn't go into, thank God. But um so I wrote this lovely eloquent piece about how um, why funeral pie was so beautiful and important to me you know, sitting on those steps at school and, and, you know, going home and playing funeral pyre. And and, and I used to go to trance, the drumming, the bass, everything about that track used to put Mm. me in like a flipping trance. It's so damn good. There's so, so much about the jam that was so... Good, I, I, it's indescribable. That's why he has so many fans. He, I, I remember him saying something once about, "Oh, I'm I'm not a spokesman for generation." Or once, I don't know if I, I'm misquoting. And I remember thinking, "Yes, you bloody are, Paul. You are, but you don't. Do you not see it? You mm. are. You are. You are for me. You yeah. know, he wasn't. He was a spokesperson. He is a spokesperson, and that's why people." Absolutely, worship the guy. I've met people who, like, if Paul told them to jump in a funeral pyre, they, they would. <laughs> and, you know, even with the, from the Star Council, how beautiful is this? You sing, you're the best thing people start crying in the audience, holding each other, oh, and and dancing together like this. You know, like, oh, this was our wedding song and this was a song that was sung when my mum was passing Oh my God, they're sobbing. And I I feel like, I feel A, blessed because I was in it for just, you know, a little moment of time. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to do. Singing with From the Star Council, it's, it's not like it's a tribute band, but it is. A, reliving such a beautiful moment not just for us for millions of people and there are millions and be pay tribute to his songwriting
0: well yeah and the songs the jam the style council the solo stuff the the oh. words and the and the songs mean so much to people and i think you're right when you venture into that facebook arena and i've only just gone back to facebook very recently having having not not used it for a while because it didn't do my mental it's health annoying. any good <laughs> but you have to get in there to promote your work and, and i know I, it's I know, annoying yeah it <laughs> really annoying bloody facebook i mean
1: i don't have anyone I've never known of anyone who's like, I hold like a hero or like a, but I've just, there's been people, you know, Stevie Wonder and Prince Michael Jackson and whoever, Paul, you know, who Elvis Costello, who you appreciate. I remember he was once queuing for the post for their phone booth you know just just to let people know you know back in the day if we needed to make a phone call you had to walk a few streets yeah, away yeah, yeah. to a little red box and put your money in and dial and make <laughs> a phone call so I was on a long distance phone call because I was dating this guy in America so we're in this long long distance phone call and Elvis Costello's waiting outside for the phone booth so I opened the door and I said hi I, I said knocking me low he's like no 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 don't worry so like you know, take your time. And I remember saying on the phone to my boyfriend, "Oh my god, oh my god, it's Elvis Costello. He's <laughs> around the corner for me. It's Elvis Costello." And and Evan was like, "Who the fuck is Elvis Costello? <laughs> <laughs> Elvis
0: Costello, Elvis Evan Costello." He was so jealous. <laughs> well, that is that is basically me on the final episode of this podcast series, having a conversation with Paul Weller, <laughs> where I basically oh. just go. <sighs>
1: <laughs> well I hope you get that conversation because it, it'll be cool I hope hey. you get that. and I think this this is a premise for a podcast is really I wish I'd thought of it <laughs> it's great it's oh great. bless you
0: hey, Jay. I've loved every second of this welcome back welcome back and, and I'm so glad that you've picked this podcast to chat with us as well about this because uh, uh, I've loved every second of it I know the fans will too as well so thank you so much for your time thank you well that was an absolute blast hey look if you've enjoyed this podcast please leave us a review please spread the word please tell your friends to have a listen that was just incredible wasn't it now next up trombonist ashley slater not only is he the man behind freak power with norman cook aka fat boy slim but actually played on the lodger single and the cost of loving lp otherwise known as the orange album don't forget you can get in touch on twitter it's at weller fan Pod, or you'll find us on instagram and facebook at paul weller fan podcast i'll see you next time